Good evening, and welcome back to the Diz Dads Podcast Plus. I'm your host, Aaron Rittmaster, and with me tonight to record Diz Dads Podcast Plus number 29 are my co-host, Tim Hicks. You're my favorite deputy. And helping fill in for the absence of Willie Crocker, who is currently a hostage to a Verizon internet repair person, uh, we have the intrepid Jay Crocker. Hey, everybody. How's it going tonight? And he's coming to us live from Bay Lake Tower, uh, right across the water from him, live from the Polynesian Village Resort, is Joe Masters. Welcome back to the show, Joe. Howdy-ho, neighbors. Good to see you, gentlemen. So we thought that this would be a good opportunity to catch up with some folks who are – you know, gotten the chance to get back into the parks. Um, we've been open for, um, gosh, probably what, two weeks now, about two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of weeks. Uh, so I think that the kind of policies and procedures stuff seems to be settling in a bit and getting a little bit more, um, uh, stable and predictable. Thought it might be a good idea to get a sense from, from you guys of, about, you know, what, what it's like, what the experience is. Cause we, we hear sort of all kinds of different, reports and and we trust you all to be objective and and honest with us here. But before we get to that discussion, I do need to take a minute and thank our podcast sponsors who make sure the lights stay on around here. Uh, First of all, we'd like to thank Wicked Mouse Travel, an authorized Disney vacation planner based in Massachusetts, and Mouse Master Travel, an authorized Disney vacation planner based in Kansas. Uh, Both of these agencies have agents scattered around the country and would love to help make your next Disney destination vacation experience the best it could possibly be. You can reach them directly at their own websites, Wicked Mouse Travel or Mouse Master Travel. We're also sponsored by Kingdom Strollers, Orlando's premium stroller and crib rental vendor. They do a great job of providing a quality product, always clean and well-serviced. They arrange pick-up and drop-off with you, Uh, really a a top-notch stroller provider, and it's much more convenient to have that availability of your stroller um, as you're walking around property, even though you're not in a a park. Um, When you rent from the resort, you know, you're, you're picking up at the park. And then as soon as you get outside the park gates, you don't have a stroller anymore. And that doesn't do a whole lot of good when the little one has fallen asleep on your way out of the park at the end of the day. So uh, check out Kingdom Strollers at kingdomstrollers.com. All right, gentlemen, what I want to start with is, Jay, you talked a little bit during a previous recording about the fact that you had this trip coming up and that you were really excited for it. Um were you uh, specifically waiting for the parks to open to take your trip, or is this just when it happened to fit? So um, I've been planning to 
have this trip since uh, August of 2019. As a public school teacher, I have to travel on the uh, on the regular dates that I have off, you know, summer, fall break, winter break, um, spring break. And so I've had it booked for my 11-month window since August of last year. Oh, okay. All right. So you just kind of stuck with it and wrote it out. Uh, now, Joe, this trip I know was a big source of, of uh, sort of – tension for you there for a while you were trying to decide you know where's it going to get open for you in time and you really wanted to be there for this one talk a little bit about your uh decision making process on on how you handled the the vacation schedule well for me i mean uh, this is my uh you know half a century on this on this planet you know 50th big birthday um i knew i was going to plan to be at disney for my 50th um covid hit and and I didn't have anything planned at the, you know, as far as room goes, I hadn't put any reservations in or anything like that. So I was kind of playing it by ear, hoping that, you know, whatever situation we were in at the time with Disney being closed uh, at the end of March there, that, that something would clear up, things would get back to normal sooner than later. Um, there was, I think a window of opportunity in there right before they canceled all bookings or stopped taking bookings. You know, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was that morning. They shut it all off. I got in and I booked um, reservations at the Poly, but it was the Poly resort side, not the DVC side. Right. Um, but I had a Poly room through the 31st. And then I also booked a room at uh, Boardwalk. So the same plan I'm on right now, but again, the, the resort side, not the DVC side. Right. So I had booked a room on the 1st of August through the 4th because that was cool, you know, kind of coinciding with what some of the other dads were doing, the ones that had canceled um, in April timeframe around Easter and all that several had rebooked for July, knowing that I was going to be down here for my birthday. And we were, you know, we were collecting dads at this point, sure. uh, for the end of July. Um, the funny thing is on that part of the story is, you know, if you heard me say, I booked a room through the 31st and then I booked a room from the first to the fourth. I didn't realize I left a gap from the 31st with no place to stay. Oh, ouch. (laughs) So they shut down the system. There's no rooms to be booked. Nothing's going on. And I'm sweating it this whole time. And you're stuck with the gap. (laughs) And I'm stuck with the gap. (laughs) Throw you an aerial out on the street. Pretty much. They were like either they were going to open something up and we might get a chance to check out the Riviera or we were going to be at a nice, uh, you know, Holiday and Express down the road for one night. Um, I know Michael's Michael Ty's family. Uh, his parents have a house down here. Worst case scenario, I'm, I know I would have had a a room there, but uh, it, it was definitely you know one of those things that was on my mind all through March, April, and for the most of May until things started to turn around and sure. open back up. Well, and it's such a crazy situation because the system was completely locked up. It wasn't even like you could check and see what was available. Yeah. It was a you, you couldn't even call them and ask them to fix the mistake because yeah, they didn't just, know either. They couldn't nothing. see it. And then they made the announcements about, you know, that they were only going to open DVC rooms. And and I knew something was going to happen. They were either going to call me or I was going to call them. And they were going to like, okay, well, let's move you where we need you. Because they had already figured out at some point in the end of May there when uh, what resorts they were going to have open. So I figured that would be my opportunity to fix it. But yeah, pretty stressful for a little while. Okay. Well, we're glad you got there. Where are you at tomorrow night? Tomorrow night we are still here. We finish up on the first. Okay. So we did. Deal, we man. did extend it one more day when we oh. switched over to the DVC side of the house. Okay. Uh, we extended it through the first, and then on the first we will move over to Boardwalk again. Okay. Awesome. So uh, you've both been there now for a couple of days at least. Um, first of all, 
obviously preparation for this trip was different than your trips have been in the past. Um, because you, you know, there was no 180 day dining window <laughs> to mess with. There was no fast pass booking to deal with. Um, but you, you did have this sort of relatively short notice surprise just a couple of weeks ago that, Oh, by the way, you're going to have to make park reservations to me. I mean, I, I was talking to a few guests around that time and, and that was the hardest part for, for me because, you know, I'm used to making recommendations based on 10 years of data. Nobody has any data <laughs> for this right. circumstance. So, how how did you go about choosing what to do with your park reservations? For me, it was very much, I just wanted to make sure that I treated the trip like, like it was going to happen, like it had been when I booked it last year. And then when I booked my 180 days out, et cetera, um, even though I didn't get to do fast passes, they shut down before, before the fast pass window. So um, what we typically do is, you know, each each park, we're usually here about seven or eight days. So we do each park um, twice, usually kind of with the exception of Animal Kingdom, because we finish Animal Kingdom in about a half a day in our family. Um, so I just went in and did my best to try to grab park reservations um, for, for what I could for those days. Um, luckily, I had already made a game plan for which parks I wanted to visit which day. And I continued with those plans, not knowing what each park might be like. So right. um, when I got here, uh, Monday, we went to Epcot. Tuesday, we were at the Magic Kingdom. Uh, yesterday, we were at Hollywood Studios. Today, we were at Animal Kingdom. Tomorrow, we're going back to Epcot. You know, I'm just kind of rotating through the parks. Um, and, and that was just the plan I had to do because I wasn't really sure where to go, right. <laughs> you know. And I was one of the lucky ones there were no glitches on my end when, when we were doing park reservations, those first days for annual pass holders, I got every single day that I needed to oh. taken care of the very first morning. That's good. So how yeah. about you, Joe? Was, was your, uh, you know, park reservation experience as smooth as Jay's? Yeah. For the most part. I mean, I, I, I'm an AP holder, so, uh, my tickets were in the bag due to this whole lockdown thing when they extended my pass. Cause my pass usually expires around the third of July. Uh, but thanks to the, the lockdown and the extension they did on the APs, I'm now covered till November. So picking out the oh, days was nice. a cakewalk. The challenge was because the system was locked down and I didn't do a package. I didn't have tickets for aerial. So another thing to sweat it out once, even once I got the room figured out, I still didn't have tickets till air for aerial and those didn't open up until like the 11th. Yeah, that was really late because it was driving us crazy. They were selling 2021 tickets, but they'd right. still kept the 2020 tickets locked down. And I was, I was, I was, you know, it, at least at this point, I was figuring, you know, if I can't get her tickets, we're just going to enjoy the resort. We'll go swim in the swimming pool. I would much rather be here sure. on my 50th birthday doing yeah. nothing. Than at home doing nothing, you know. And if you got to turn five zero, you might as well do it in the happiest place on earth, right? Exactly. There you go. I know there's Mickey bars here, so I'm I'm, I'm covered either way. <laughs> and they're full size <laughs> Mickey bars. Exactly, the full four ounces. <laughs> well, so so the other thing I was wondering is I, I know that both of you, frankly, are are pretty you know committed park hoppers, right? You you commonly bounce from from park to park when you're at Walt Disney World. How, how has the adjustment been to having to have a park that you're committed to from, you know, the, the moment you walk through the gate? 
before, really. Um, you know, I have to say that I was very nervous about this because we are big park hoppers. It's nothing for us to, you know, do a park and then go over to Epcot for dinner or to, you know, um, you know, leave the Magic Kingdom, go over to Epcot or vice versa. We usually, we always leave Animal Kingdom early and then go to another park. Um, but with the limited park hours, you know, the Magic Kingdom closing at seven uh, and Hollywood Studios closed at eight. Uh, yeah, you know, um, it's it's not as near as rough as I thought. Today was really really nice. We left Animal Kingdom around I want to say two o'clock, two thirty maybe. Came back, you know, did did some loads of laundry, visited the DVC open houses, took a nap, um, which is not the usual for us. But <laughs> you know, well, I mean, being five days into the trip at this point. We're not as exhausted as we usually are because we're just going, 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 going. Sure. So it's go. it's it's created kind of a forced relaxation, or at least earlier evenings, which has been really nice. We've had some great meals. We've had um, some nice time at the resort. Um, and so while I'm not park hopping, um, I guess I don't have the anxiety of knowing that the parks are open and I'm just not there. I mean, there's, there's nowhere to hop to. So right. I feel okay about it. How about you, Joe? Yeah, I mean, you know me from previous conversations, when I'm park hopping, it's usually because I'm trying to find certain fireworks that night, right? And there's no fireworks going on. So there's, you know, much like Jay is, there's there's nowhere to be at night. There's nothing to catch. So it's not bad. When you set up your park reservations and you got your weeks or your week and days scheduled out, you kind of know if, if if you don't get something done at Magic Kingdom that day, you mentally know that you've got that Magic Kingdom day coming up later on in the week. If you're hitting it again, you'll pick up everything you left off, right? So it has been a little bit more relaxing, easier to deal with. Um, those who've ever listened to any of our trips before with you know that we don't get up in the morning. We're not we're not nappers. We're late sleepers. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but so, let me ask you this though, Joe. Um, uh, you talk about if, you know going back on a different day to catch the things that you didn't catch, but how does that fit in with what the crowd sizes are like right now you know it's just it's it's really it's it's almost scary right you you know that disney it's is creepy. putting out a lot of money to pay the staff that's here and in order to pay that staff there has to be significant income and there just visibly is not enough people in the parks to create that income it's eerie empty you know it's, it's, it's fun it's because it's nice to be able to walk up to a, a line and know that the line is only 10 minutes long at best. But it is, yeah, it's it's weird and bizarre. Have you hit all the parks, Joe? I have. Actually, we did MK again. This is our second MK today. Okay. Jay, what about you? Have you hit them all? Yeah, we hit the last of them today. Animal Kingdom was, was the, the fourth park for us. So we start our rotation of back into Epcot tomorrow. Nice. Okay. Right. Well, so here's let's take a step back because I'm trying to think through and and there's some practical things that we just don't talk about normally when we do trip reports, but I think that given the circumstances are important to people in ways that they wouldn't normally be. Um, so, for example, I don't know the last time on one of our trip reports that we've talked about the check-in procedure, but I kind of feel like that's something we need to at least you know talk about a little bit. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's all new. So yeah, it's brand so, new. You know, talk to me about some of this. Now, Jay, did you fly down? 
No, we drove. You drove. So okay, so I know we, Joe did because he always yeah. <laughs> he always drives. Yeah, we, um, we usually fly, and we we chose to drive on this trip. Okay, um, we were in control of germs that way. Right. All right. So you both drove down, and and in Jay's case, drove down. You know, even though you don't normally because of the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, but talk to me about what the the check in procedure was like. Um, you know, I assume you both did the um, electronic check-in ahead of time. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I did mine. You know, I set it up, I don't, I don't know, almost a month ago. Um, they told me I could do my electronic check-in. Um, I tend to be pretty relaxed about my room. You know, if I book a, a room category, um, I'm, I'm pretty okay with getting that category. I'm not looking for you know, handouts or upgrades, but if they happen, it's really nice. Um, so I don't do a lot of special requests, uh, but I, I always check in late because we get here and go to the parks. So even though rooms aren't available till four, um, you know, we didn't check in till nine o'clock uh, Monday night, and we were surprised. We're on the we're on the fifth floor of Bay Lake Tower, which isn't super high, but we booked a you know a standard view studio. And from my room, I can see both Space Mountain and the castle. You know, wow. so oh, so you got yeah, you know, a park view upgrade. I do. It's it, it's called a standard view room because you can see the tennis courts and some laundry because we're down low. But yeah, it is it is very much a theme park view as far as I'm concerned. That's great. Yeah. Um, and so you use the app to yeah. do the advanced check-in. Um, yeah. Did you have to stop at the desk at all, or were you were you able no. to go straight to your room? You, it tells you your room. You can open your room, you know, Magic Band or using your phone. Um, we went straight up the elevators, um, checked the room to make sure it was okay and clean and all of that. Dropped our stuff, then went back to the car and got the rest of it. Brought it up and you know made it, made it home for the week. Uh, it it was seamless, yeah. and I mean. Seamless, and I will say that even though we were checking in at nine o'clock at night, um, there were four people manning the lobby to uh, to make sure that everybody was getting checked in safely. There's plexiglass up between the bell desk, between the the reservation desk, even the the kiosk to the left that is the DVC desk. Um, all three of them are safe, distant. There's hand sanitizer everywhere. Um, and it's it, it feels very very safe, and it was a seamless, flawless check in. Disney executed it perfectly. So, is your experience similar, Joe? Yeah, absolutely. We uh, you know we 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 do a split travel, so we left uh, Dallas on Saturday morning. We drove most of the day to get at least to the Panhandle. Uh, spent the night in the Panhandle and then got up Sunday morning and made the rest of the drive. We got here about uh, a little after it was about one o'clock, I guess it was. Shortly after one, um, and if anybody was watching my live stream, you'll notice I kind of come took a tour of the entrance to the poly, <laughs> drove past the parking lot, and right back out the exit, and come back in the entrance twice. So, <laughs> like, where are you going, Joe? <laughs> uh, but we came in because I was, I was for some reason I was in that mindset that the DVC villas were on the other end of the property, so I was trying to park on that end. Um, we walked in up the front. No, no interaction. Nobody was there to, you know, pressure us or, or try and interact with us. We just walked straight in the lobby. And at that very moment, it was about one fifty because I'm looking at it in my phone right now. We got the notification that our room was ready with our room number. So we didn't have to talk to anybody. We didn't have to go to the desk. We just happened to walk in the lobby coincidentally at the same time we got the email. So we walked out the back door and, and looked on the little uh, resort map to figure out what building we were supposed to be at. 
And we walked over, found the room, made sure we could get in. Everything was working perfectly. Bands, apps, the whole nine yards, we tested it all. And then walked back out and got the car, drove it around a third time, (laughs) and said, we know where we're supposed to park now. (laughs) The guy was laughing at this point. Uh, And then parked it over on the uh, uh, east side, I guess, uh, north side, if you will, of the property. There's there's one lot. As soon as you come in the poly, to the immediately to the right, we're on that end of the property. Um, So... Again, okay. cakewalk. We we got all our stuff out, drug it up to the room, and no issues whatsoever, but no interaction either. It wasn't necessary. Right. Well, that's yeah, so good. I, I know, I'm sure I know the answer to this question, Joe, but you <laughs> walk into the poly, you typically have someone there to greet you and, and put a lay around your neck. I assume that did not happen. Did not happen. Yeah, yeah no, nobody's getting laid there. at the poly these days. One's getting laid at no. the counter doing you know guest services for anybody who needs service. But there was nobody at the front door. Like like Jay said, there's sanitizer stations everywhere. They're all electric operated or battery operated. Just run your hand under them, sensor, squirt sanitizer. You're good to go. Okay. Uh, so everybody feels comfortable there at the resorts. Um, what about resort dining? Uh, how have they handled the uh, you know the dining rooms at the resorts? I kind of wondered about that one because obviously they're dealing with lower capacity. Yeah, they've got to staff those places. They've got to deal with distancing. Um, what, what's your experience been uh, with resort dining in, in particular? Yeah, I'm really interested to hear this because that's that's um, uh, that's a big deal in both of the resorts you're in. Yeah, so we have eaten. We ate at the California Grill, so top of the Contemporary Monday night, and it was um, it's actually a, a lovely experience. Um, the tables have very much been shifted around up there. You, there are very few tables up there comparatively. Um, if you were to go, it just looks like a restaurant with a lot of space between tables. If you've never been, if you've been up there, you know, they pack people in there for the view and for everything else. And it just doesn't look like, like that right now. Um, but you know, it was, um, a little surreal to, I guess you could say sit in a restaurant again, because truly we hadn't eaten, um, in a restaurant in a while, so you're having to kind of trust the Disney bubble uh, to to keep everybody safe. Um, and it was, I think it was Monday night, um, or was it, was that Monday night? Yeah, no, it was Tuesday night. I'm sorry that we were eating there. Um, that Disney then came out with the temperature checks for people for guests coming to resort dining as well because they were not doing those. Um, and I happened to read that as I was at you know at dinner at the uh, at the California <laughs> Grill because I got an update. Um, and tonight we ate at the Wave, kind of at the bottom of the Contemporary, and they were doing that temperature check outside the restaurant, um, and you know, and, and checking everybody in the party. Um, waiters and waitresses, um, they all wear a mask as well as a face shield. Um, all the food runners wear a mask and a face shield. In fact, um, pretty much, pretty much everybody is wearing a mask and a face shield. Every once in a while, you'll see somebody with just a mask, but I have yet to see a cast member without a mask. I've seen a few without the face shields, but they are ones who are not doing anything with food. Even your security guards um, at, you know, at check-in, all of those things, um, they are wearing masks and face shields. Great. So obviously very comfortable with your, your dining options there. Um, Joe, have you had the same sense at at the poly and um, also, you know, I'm, I'm a little curious. I mean, we talked about table service there, but but what about the quick service? Yeah. So from a, from a table service perspective, for the places we've been, 
Um, if they can't clear the tables out of the room, like, you know, like Jay was saying and, and make space, they've got signage on the tables for the ones that they don't want anybody setting at. And, you know, in, in the ADR type restaurants where they're actually seating you, they take you to a table that they want you to sit at anyway. Right. So we had Kona the other day and, uh, they, they have social distance tables set aside for where they want you to sit and signage on the ones they don't want you to sit at. So it's well covered as far as non ADR dining, quick service, the big push um, for most all of the, the dining locations or the quick service windows is mobile, right? It's, it's, you have transaction ability through the mobile app. You have the menu in the mobile app, set it all up, and then you submit your mobile order. If you're in proximity to the restaurant, you can say you're here, and then the app will continue to, to make the, you know, to, to let the staff in the back end know to make the meal. And once they make the meal, they'd alert the system, which then feeds back to the app to say, now you can come to this window and get your order. So they window eyes, you know, like from Cosmic Rays or at uh, Backlot Express, some of the ones we've hit. That's exactly how they do it. They have a designated window that the app tells you to go to to pick up your meal. I was curious about that, so I'm glad you told them, told us that. Yeah, and, and it sounds yeah, – uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jay. I just I just wanted to add too, and I don't I don't know Joe what your what your experience has been. There's only two of us in our party, but we have not waited more than five minutes for our meal as we've as we've stayed there. Um, and it may just because crowds are low, and and I recognize that. But we say we're here f- less than five minutes usually, but maybe right out five minutes. They say your food's ready, come get it, and you get it, and it's it's right, it's hot, it's it's, it's really it's really a nice experience. They've done a really good job with it. Yeah, it depends on the popularity of the quick service place. When you first start up the app and do mobile order, it gives you little windows. Sometimes that window is like almost immediately, sometimes just 10 to 15 minutes out. But once that window hits and you say, I'm here and I'm ready, you're right. It has been pretty quick. And there's only two of us as well. Yeah, well, and and the idea is that I tend to know where I'm going to eat beforehand because I think about food a lot. So we we, 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 – we As opposed to, to your brother who has to think yeah, about exactly. it a lot. Yeah. Um, the idea is that we set it up, you know, while we're standing in line somewhere else, we look at the menu, see what the window is. And then when we say we're here, you know, it's ready in that window. It's, it's great. The only gripe that I have is that you don't get any of your discounts through the My Disney Experience app yet. Oh, so they I still haven't gotten my, that figured they, out. Yeah, I can't use annual pass, DVC, or anything. Yeah, I had a pretty lengthy conversation with a cast member at Backlot Express uh, because they, you know, they're trying to corral everybody to one direction and one flow as an inflow for incoming and then an outflow for for guests leaving, trying to keep the social distance thing. And he said that that's that's in the docket. That's something that's being worked on, you know, because I'm I'm lobbying to get on the mobile team here at Disney to solve all of this stuff because <laughs> I have all these ideas of how it should be made better. And he said right now the thing that's high on the list is is cast member discounts oh, in the sure. app because that keeps the cast members out of the guest lines. Oh, keeps them having yeah. to go to the counter and deal with that. So if they can solve it for the cast members first, that keeps them out of the way. They'll have a designated line for cast members, come get their stuff and get out of the way. And then they're also going to start working on the AP stuff and all the other discounts in the app after that. It's it's a very tight team. Um, so it's, it's a development life cycle that takes a while. But he said it is on the list of things to be solved for. And that and that makes a lot of sense. It's just one of those things where, you know, right now that the the AP discount and all that is thirty percent um, for merchandise and other things. And you know, I've got my tables in Wonderland card. And you know, when you're losing out on 
you know, 20% here, 30% there, um, it's rough, but also I'm glad Disney's open. So I'm not mad at them. (laughs) (laughs) But it does add up over time. If you're there for a long time, it it can definitely add up. Yeah. Yeah. One of the other things they need to solve for, again, me thinking as an engineer, the system, the, the mobile app system only supports one card. So if you've got a credit card added to the mobile app, that's the card you shop with. Right. If you have discount cards, or should I say uh, uh, gift cards, you have to remove that primary card, add your gift card in, and then pay with that. And once the gift card's depleted, go back and add your credit card back in. It's a very siloed payment system. Yeah. and it really I noticed that. And, and the part that drove me crazy is that once you pull a credit card out of it, you can't it doesn't like save it so you can change your primary no. card. It it's gone and you have to re-add it completely. And again, the engineer no, no says the darn Apple wallet should be what they're tapping into. Put yes. all of it in the Apple wallet. And that way you can rotate and choose from. Right. Joe, why aren't you down there working for him already, man? I, I've lobbied like three different people. I've <laughs> so far trying to get in the door. <laughs> so, uh, talked about some of the technical stuff and, and dining. Um, Let's go ahead and, and really dig into the parks a little bit more. Um, and and Jay, you know, talk about what for you has been because you said at this point you've hit all the parks once. Um, so what what have been the things that have really stood out to you the most um, about the overall park experience? So um, uh, uh, there's there's actually a couple of things that really stand out. First of all, anybody when you are ready to come back to Disney you're going to see a very different um, entrance when you come in. Um, the metal detectors, uh, you don't have to go through bag check anymore. You um, you get to just uh, walk through them. You have to take your umbrella out if you need to, but otherwise um, you're just walking straight through. Every once in a while, something will set it off. One of my glasses cases keeps setting it off and they keep checking our bag. I don't know what that's about, so I'm just not gonna take it anymore. Um, and then, uh, you, you know, and, and they're working on it. Um, the temperature check, um, at the, at the, the tents there, there's like six or eight people out front and they're just scanning everybody's forehead as you walk in. And there's these little tents where people can cool off if for some reason they're, you know, above the, the recommended temperature. And so that they can make sure you're not just overheated because it's pretty hot down here right now. Um, and then, you know, you just walk in, scan your band. You don't use your fingerprint anymore. And then you get into the park. And and I just think that that check-in procedure is so different. It's so much faster than what it has been with the long bag check. And then the long lines with people's fingerprints not working and people holding up their hands because it turned blue instead of green, you know. Like, that's the one thing that I really, really noticed is they've – They've streamlined this, and it's not just because there are fewer people. It's they've, they've got some really nice new systems in place that I think will be helpful when the crowds are large again. Um, the, other, the other park experience I think it would be is that the cast members that are back, they're happy to be here. Like uh, They are truly excited to see people and to create guest experiences again. And I think that's really what I've noticed is that I have yet to see really a sour faced or kind of jaded cast member. <laughs> they are all so excited and Disney's not known for having any of those, but you know, we all have bad days. Um, it seems nobody's having a bad day right now. Cause they're happy to be back. That's the two things that I've noticed. 
How about you, Joe? What what things have really stood out to you uh, about the parks? Um, you know, e- either things that you didn't expect or uh, just things that, that really kind of blew you away one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, again, with us sleeping in and not doing rope drops, so we didn't we didn't hit the door and, and the gates and the tents that most people have, I'm sure. Uh, but I know it's like like Jay said, it was all very well separated. They're moving people quite, you know, along quite quickly. There is no delay getting from the bus to inside the parks. It's working very well. Um, the bag check, like experience, uh, similarly, because I'm a mobile guy and I usually have at least two mobile phones on me at any given time. Uh, that was the only thing that would set off the the sensors. And if I take them out of my pocket and hold them center chest and just walk forward, it doesn't go off. So I, once I figured that out and just, you know, just walk straight on in. Everybody is happy to see you. Uh, for the most part, you know, because it's my birthday week, everybody's recognizing my buttons and there's, you know, happy birthdays and welcome back. And we're glad you celebrated with us. Like, like Jay said, it's a very positive experience um, within the parks. Cast members are standing in, in various places in yellow shirts and uniforms, which I would consider like mask patrol. Uh, they're, yeah. they're definitely identified different cast members that are, that are worried about your mask more so than the I cast members the that are focusing. Team. Yeah, there you go. Safety team. There you go. More so than the cast members that are serving you food or ride control and things like that. Um, but Disney has thought it all out to, to the best that I could tell it's, it's they've covered every angle. There is tape on the ground everywhere. Um, to kind of control lines, keep people social distance. The tape is even spread out within the serpentine lines to keep people from, you know, side by side within the lines. They're doing a great job of that. Um, it's been an amazing experience. Like I said, it, it's, it's, it's scary that it's empty this way, but it is an opportunity of a lifetime. It's just it been really so is. much fun. Well, so, th- so that, that was yeah. the next question. So I- I've had, uh, Two or three people actually say, you know, we were going to take a trip, but I mean, there's not even fast passes. We're just going to cancel it. I can't imagine going to Walt Disney World with no fast pass. I oh, have never it is. walked on flight of passage so fast. It literally takes longer to walk the ramp in the standby line than it does to get on the ride. Wow. Absolutely. It was, it was a five minute wait earlier today yeah. when I was there. Yeah. It's insane. Everything, everything's five minutes. Um, and there are times where I think they're inflating the wait times. Um, and I could be wrong, but, you know, I was told Space Mountain was a 20-minute wait the other day, and I walked right on. And, yet, yeah. I, I mean, it took me longer to walk through the queue. Than That's the thing. It takes you 20 minutes to walk through it, right? We've, yep. we've talked about that before. I, I'm I'm, abso- I'm virtually certain that there are attractions that, that Disney – manipulates the posted wait times in order to manipulate behavior. And and that's a perfect example of, you know, they probably had looked up and seen that there were some places where the line was starting to maybe, you know, get people edging closer to each other than they should have been, or the line was getting out farther than they were comfortable with it being. And they post a longer wait time because that way fewer people will get in the line. Yep. I think definitely that's, that's happened, but I mean, the longest I waited today was 20 minutes for anything, and that was because I wanted to go on the uh, safari ride, you know, and they can only load those Jeeps so fast. So, Well, well and they still have to keep separation there, too, right? I was going to say, so there's my other question, right? The the other question is when it comes to, to ride vehicle loading, um, because it's one thing to keep people separated in the lines, but, um, you know, what's what's the experience been like, you know, at the end of the line when it's time to get on the vehicles? It's um 
it, it, it's kind of bizarre. Uh, if you if you're a larger party, of course, um, like let's take Pirates of the Caribbean um, for an example. Um, if you're a larger party, they'll put you in rows like one and two together. Um, if there's two groups of two, they're going to put people in row one and people in row five or six or whatever it is. So you've got the front and the back of the boat. The same thing with Small World. Um, in anything like that today, today when we rode um, the safari ride, uh, they actually did load all the rows because they've loaded, they've 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 hung plastic sheeting between every single row of the vehicle, and it and oh, it is wow. like and it is like permanent. You know, we're not talking like just some painter's cloth draped down. They are they are um, you know fully edged and grommeted and hung and strapped in and yeah. it, it, it's it's beautiful it looks like it's always been there it, it really does yeah. and the same thing Velcro, with plexiglass yeah yeah fasteners everything yeah wow. everything yeah it's incredible um and i've been snapping so many pictures of it because it's amazing what they've done in a very short amount of time to create safety um in the queues as well they've got plexiglass up all over the queues where they couldn't do proper social distancing which they've done a great job with the snaking queues but um it it's absolutely incredible but they just they are there are so few people that they are literally able to load the front row and the back row and still you're waiting five minutes they're still keeping up with the crowd that's amazing yeah yeah and in, and in other rides, you know, right, it's obviously based on the ride type. So when you're talking about boats and seating and things like that, where you've got row seating, uh, yeah, they're skipping two and three rows sometimes for the boat rides. If there's dividers along the way, you know, like he said, it, it's then they adjust accordingly. If it's an Omnimover, they'll skip one or sometimes two gondola cars and and, and separate you that way. Oh, right? wow. It, they, they've covered every angle. Okay, so I'm trying to keep was... up with your guys' like live streams and stuff like that, especially you, Joe, because you're so good about that. But anytime I can catch a live stream, I'm watching to go, oh, what are they doing here? What are they doing? Okay, look at this. This is pretty cool. Yeah. So I'm curious, did either of you ride uh, Cali River Rapids? I did not. I did not. It's not one that we that we tend to ride. I, I um, wasn't figuring you may, would have. I, it's just yeah. one I was really curious about because it seems to me that the seating on that attraction is particularly problematic, right? Yeah, yeah. but it, again, it would be something in a star pattern, right? So they would skip skip one seat crosswise, maybe three maximum set up. You know, if if you're in pairs of two, mm-hmm. you know, two, two, and crosswise at best. Well, they're they're, they're pretty large ride vehicles. I would think, okay, you could put up plexiglass between, but it, it's a pretty large ride vehicle. I don't know. Well, I, it, it's with as few people as are here, they'd probably just put you in one by yourself, right. whatever your and party is. The problem is. With, with plexiglass between is that you've still got to walk around the inside of that right. Right. vehicle to, to get to your seat, yeah. um, which is part of what I was concerned, you know, thinking about it being kind of tricky. Um, so is, is there, it, it seems to me as an observer from the outside that there are some places, um, around the parks where things do bog down a little bit, um, and that people maybe want to be aware of or, or be, um, extra cautious about. Obviously the one that we hear about the most is, um, you know, Galaxy's Edge and dealing with Rise of the Resistance. Um, you want to talk a little bit about what your experiences have been with um, both of those things, with with Galaxy's Edge in general and and Rise of the Resistance yeah, I'm in particular? You, you, 
I'm guessing you've both been trying to to get onto that. So knowing the way it used to be where everybody flocks to the park early in the morning just to try to get, you know, in that boarding group, what's what's the change? What's that like? It's, so it's really more of a run on the park on the um, for me because I don't take park transportation right now. We drive to the parks, um, and being at Bay Lake Tower, we walk to Magic Kingdom. Uh, so um, you know that's part of the stri- strategy that that we set up when when we bought this you know this locale. Um, but more than anything, it was just the toll booths getting into um, Hollywood Studios for us. Uh, that's where the, the, the bog was. Once you got parked and walked in, um, people dispersed, you know, the people that wanted to get over to toy story land to get the slinky dog dash first went there. People that wanted to get on uh, Mickey and Minnie's runaway railway. They were in that part of the park. Other people, um, you, you know, wanted to get over at galaxy's edge and get pictures, you know, before it got crazy. I went and sat on Hollywood Boulevard, you know, <laughs> because we were, it was about, I don't know, 15 till 10, when we got there and um, we just sat down on a bench and waited for the 10 o'clock window to open. Um, nobody really around us. Cause I wanted to be in a place where I, I don't get on the Wi-Fi there um, where I could have a clear signal, you know, load my app and, and get into a boarding group. And um, with just two of us, even as quickly as I did it, um, I think I was boarding group 47, uh, which was pretty late for, for us. We were 28 the last oh, time we did it in oh. January. Um, and we didn't ride until five thirty yesterday. Um, you know, but was, you didn't have a, to show up at the crack of dawn to do it either, right? I did. I did not. We got to the park at. Or, I mean, the turnstiles open at nine, and we were in the park. I don't know. I think we were in the park by nine forty-five, nine thirty, nine thirty, nine forty-five, something like that. So, so Joe, how yeah. about you? Yeah. So for ride is rise of the resistance, there are two windows, right? So they're not doing the whole. 5, 6 a.m. things like we did back in January. Right. The, the window opens up at 10 a.m., and that is the primary window, uh, which is what Jay tried to hit, right? It, you come into the park. You have to be inside the park. That's still true. Um, but then the app goes live at 10 o'clock, and then you hit all the boarding groups fill up at 10 o'clock. They do another pull for boarding groups at 2 o'clock, but those are only backup groups. If they somehow get through all of the boarding groups from the 10 o'clock pool, then they'll tap into the backup boarding groups from the 2 p.m. And you're usually in the you know 70s, 80s, and 90s at that point. You pretty much know you're not getting you're not getting on. <laughs> yeah, but it gives you, had, you false hope. Yeah. yeah, if you had been in the 70s when we were there yesterday, there's no way you would have made it because it broke down four or five times. We have some friends that were there two days before us, and they did get a two o'clock. Uh, board, you know, at two o'clock they got. I think they were boarding group seventy-one, and they got in. You know, they they were they rode at about seven o'clock before the park closed at eight. So, uh, just different days. But I, I'll be really honest. I wouldn't bank on trying to get the two o'clock boarding group. If if you're if yeah. you're down here and you get your one or two shots at trying to get into Rise of Resistance, you better do it at the ten a.m. slot if you're if you want a chance to actually get to ride it. Right. Yeah, it sounds like the two o'clock is 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 kind of you know. They go so quick at ten that they 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 feel like they have to give people at least some you know hope right some second chance, um, right? But that that it's a gamble. Um, to me, to me, it's, it's, false it's hope. a popularity ploy to keep you in the parks. Sure. Right? If they if they do another group at two o'clock, maybe you'll stick around, uh, ride some other rides, and just hang out and hope that you'll get a spot. But chances are almost yeah. nil. Well, and, I agree. and the other thing too is that I think. It, 
even more than most attractions, just because, uh, you know, thinking back to the way the, the ride vehicles are set up, um, I suspect that capacity and throughput at Rise of the Resistance is very heavily dependent on the group sizes that happen to be going through. And oh, if, absolutely. you know, if you've got a lot of twos or threes, then you're not going to get nearly as many people called. On the other hand, if you've got your, your parties of, of four and five and six, you know, that, that if you've got a whole family together, you can load in a whole vehicle. It, it just, it, it allows them to absorb a lot more people quickly. Um, and yeah, yeah, and, and and I have to say we were in a group with one other couple, right? Yeah. So what would have been seating for what is it sixteen? You know, traditionally, because um, it's two rows of four and two cars, right? And yeah, yeah. in each little subsection of Rise right. of Resistance, um, there were four of us, so th- they were running at a, a quarter of what the capacity for the ride was actually built for, right? So yeah. Um, all right. Uh, and, um, anything that either of you have noticed that, that you particularly missed? I mean, obviously not everything's open. Um, the, the big things that everybody's talked about are, are things like fireworks and, and parades. Not that Walt Disney World had any parades um, these days, but, uh, <laughs> what time is the three o'clock parade? Right. Uh, <laughs> you know, those, those kinds of things that uh, aren't happening, but, but were there things that, maybe surprised you that they weren't available or um, just, you know, impacted more than you would have expected? Well, I can definitely tell you that there's far less kiosk open. Um, when we walked into Hollywood studios, you know, we were looking around trying to find things. We, we again slept in, so we missed the 10 o'clock window to come in. But by the time noon rolled around and we actually rolled into the park, we pulled up the app and we're looking for any ADRs and it was absolutely nothing. All the ADRs were gone by noon. So then we're looking for quick service and the kiosk and stuff we usually eat from. So, you know, Gertie's closed. Uh, the the ice cream shops are closed. All the typical little kiosks that you you'd stop and get snacks at were closed. And it was a challenge to find something to eat. Um, luckily, Backlot Express was doing mobile order. Um, and, and then something else around the corner from there was doing – oh, and, and Galaxy's Edge was doing mobile order. Um, but, you know, it, it, was, it was kind of was getting a little nervous and scary because there was just no – no quick purchase kiosk open to get any a, a bite to eat or you know a quick drink. Yeah, so that's so, a, that's the flip wow. side to the restaurants moving to the mobile ordering, right? They really want to push you to that. And one of the one of the things that's doing that is that they there really aren't a lot of other alternatives. It's it's if you're gonna eat quick service, they want you to order in a he- order ahead because they don't want you queuing up. Yeah, but I mean, when if you're not even open, what are you supposed to do yeah, there? Yeah. Well, and that's that's the idea. I think that's the one thing that I would that I would say too is uh, I'm a sit down meal kind of guy. Like we like to sit down for a meal, even in a you know a non COVID Disney trip. Um, we tend to sit down for a lunch or a dinner in the park um, each each day, or else sometimes we go back and have a late dinner. You know, at at a, like I said, California Grill or something. But but the idea is, um, I luckily made ADRs. Yeah, for for each day that we're in the park, um, and I watched people walking up as I was waiting on my reservation to, to you know to, to queue up and tell me I could go up there and eat. Um, walk up and say, "Are you guys taking walk ups?" They aren't taking no walk ups either. I mean, if you do not have that dining reservation and if you can't find one on the on the app, you you are going to have to go to one of the quick services. And wow. on on top of the closed dining, a lot of the shops are closed too. 
you know, I mean, I've got favorite shops that I go into to look for certain types of, of gear, etc. Um, and it is slim pickings, especially Hollywood studios. I noticed, I mean, there are yeah. like maybe a third of the shops are open at Hollywood studios. So it's, it's, it's a bit bizarre in that way. And that, that has really shocked me. I guess I just hadn't thought about the idea that trying to keep them all clean and stocked and, you know, the flow of entrances only, exits only. They count how many people come in and go out. They've got markings on the sidewalks. I've yet to be told to wait outside a shop because it's not that busy, but you can tell they've anticipated it for the future. Yeah. Now, so one those, thing the, you, well, I was going to say, one of the, the one things you do know when you're dealing with those shops that are open is you got to find the one door that's the entrance. Most of the doors are marked as exit only, and you got to find the right entrance because it's it's some of them are tailored for you coming off of a ride. You know, you go in the backside, and then you, they're all exits. So it, it's sometimes challenging to get into some of those shops. Well, what I was going to ask there is, uh, so Hollywood Studios and Magic Kingdom are both notorious for the shops that line the main drag. Come as you come into the. Uh, as you come into the park, what was that like? Are are those open? Are they closed? Or is it limited? Tell tell me what that's like. No, most of those, uh, at least from Hollywood Studios' perspective, on the main drag were closed. You had to go t- right down. Uh, what that that's Hollywood Boulevard going to Hollywood the right Boulevard. towards mm-hmm. to the tower, right? Mm-hmm. There was a couple down through there. Yeah, yeah. There's okay. But, there's there's one shop open. Um, on, on the main drag of Hollywood studios on the right with just a little bit of stuff in it. It's not the whole, you know, it's usually a whole block. And the one on the left is, is maybe a third of a third of the block, but the rest of it is all closed. Um, and then there were, um, there were two shops open on the right hand side, you know, there's Pandora shop and then the ladies clothing store and then the men's clothing store. That's it over there on Hollywood Boulevard on the magic kingdom. The Emporium is open, but again, it's all exits. You got to find. Yeah. You got to find the entrance to the emporium to be able to get in. And they're and and, and they're good about it. Like they're not going to let you in the exit. They tell you, no, this is an exit only. You have to keep walking to find to find the entrance. Um, you know, you have to wish say, yourself in. And it's right. funny because you know it, it rains here every day. You know, in the afternoon right now, it's the rainy season, and people go scrambling trying to run into sh- shops. And there's all these people telling them, sorry. <laughs> you got to go to the entrance. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think the problem with Hollywood studios is, you know, the, the, the corridors, the shops there are narrower. And so I think it's a lot harder to keep up the distancing, even with them all open. Um, just because there was never as much sort of open floor space as, um, I, those always seem to me to be more, more cramped. Whereas. They, go ahead. Yeah. I was just gonna say on the magic, in the Magic Kingdom, the there it's a lot wider, um, it's a lot broader. Oh, and I would agree with that. But it's also strange because in all of the stores, including the Emporium, uh, the the ones that are open in Hollywood Studios, even the tiny little mouse gears that they have in Epcot right now, and um, and a few of the stores that are open at Animal Kingdom, they have removed so much stock. There are, there's open floor space everywhere where you know that there used to be shelves, there used to be, you know, hanging racks, there used to be, you know, it is so just, it, it's wide open, kind of empty so that people can social distance while trying to do things. So, so you keep moving, there's not as much to stop and look at? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, they don't yeah. want you handling merchandise, right? Yes. They, you know, they would just assume that you 
you can see you don't need to see five of the same thing because <laughs> they only want you to touch the one anyway. Right. Yeah. I will and say only- from from an app perspective, you know, we we'll go back go back to talk about the dining and stuff. Disney's done a great job at representing what is open, what is closed, what is available within the mobile app. You know, so if at any point you're you're curious about what to go after, where to go next, what's open, what's closed, the app will definitely tell you before you you know trapes halfway across the park. Absolutely, absolutely. Another thing that they've done that I neglected is that the sit downs, um, where you have your ADRs, they don't hand you menus; they just hand you a QR code that you scan with your phone, um, yeah. and it pulls up that restaurant's lunch or dinner menu, what have you, oh, right wow. there. And it's a limited menu. Um, and they usually have their their main big things that they're known for, but you just scan the scan the QR code, pulls it up, and they do have paper menus that are disposable if you need it for some reason. Um, and they'll ask you like, "Have you had any trouble?" But we have yet to have trouble with any of the QR codes. Yeah. Um, it's pretty incredible. Um, yeah, but that's that great information to know. Yeah, and it's in. Um, English on one side, and then on the back, you turn it over. It's got a Spanish QR code, a French, and a Portuguese QR code. So they've got it in four languages right now. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, um, and same thing with 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 entry, right? So when you go to check in, they've got QR codes at the front of restaurants, you know, for you to check in and say I'm here. Uh, again, trying to keep that social distance and that interaction to a minimum. Uh, the system will then alert them in the back. They pull the ticket like they typically do. They call your name and then seat you. So Disney's really done a lot to drive everybody to that app. So we've heard good reviews of food in general at Walt Disney World during this time period. People have said, you know, crowds lower. It it just seems like the kitchen staffs have a much easier time, you know, getting everybody's food out right and and tasting great and hot and all that. Um, We also have heard some reports of some interesting experiences because in getting people back to work, you know, there are folks who are – waiting tables who have been uh, working at Crystal Palace for 30 years and, you know, have, <laughs> haven't done anything but refill drinks in a very long time. Um, so you know, what's your experience been? Has, has the service held up its end of the, the uh, you know, its end of the bargain? For, um, for, for me, it, it truly has. Like we had a we had a great young man tonight at the wave named Joseph who was probably bent over backwards trying to do everything he could. Um, we had a late dinner last night out at Geyser Point. It was phenomenal. Um, we you know we we were at the California Grill, had a great time. We've been to the Sci-Fi Drive-In. Um, that was our our food at Hollywood Studios yesterday. And as far as that's concerned, like that was perhaps our most lackluster bit of service. But our waitress was fine. You know, she just wasn't effervescent or ebullient or, or anything uh, like that. So it was uh, it was just, you know, one of those one of those things that um, I don't know. I don't know that she wasn't happy to be there. It just wasn't overly exciting. So um, how about you, Joe? You had any any of those, uh, you know, interesting uh, server experiences? No, I mean it's been uh, smooth sailing. Every place that we've we've stopped and ate at, they've they've seated us, they've catered to us. Um, staff has been ample enough to get around and, and make sure the drinks have been full. We've not waited on anything at this point. Um, the people that are doing the the customer service side of the house 
I, I think, like we said earlier, people are just glad to be back to work, glad to have customers back in the parks and, and be making money again. Um, yeah, no, that's great. And, and I'm glad that, frankly, they're, they're getting those folks the hours and, and, you know, they're able to make a living because that's a realistic issue there, too. Um, so I guess as, as we kind of, you know, start wrapping things up, um, what are, what are a couple of tips you would give to somebody or, or suggestions you would give to people who are considering it or trying to, to weigh, you know, nervousness about the situation in Florida and, and about being in a theme park with a crowd. But on the other hand, you know, how, how Disney's response, um, kind of maybe mitigates some of that. What's, what's, uh, what are your thoughts? Um, I'll say, first of all, we had a conversation before we decided to leave. I guess it would be almost two weeks ago now because we got, we've been here almost a week um, about safety. I have yet to really have a moment here since Sunday where I have felt unsafe. Everything feels clean. Everything feels um, properly social distanced. Um, I've never felt cramped, uncomfortable, or, or made... Um, in any way to feel like we are not considering that there is still a pandemic. Um, Disney always does safety first better than anybody. And I feel like if you're worried about the safety of your family, that's fine and, and like do what's best for your family, but you'll be safe here. Or at least I feel that way. Um, if, if I get something, it is not because Disney is not trying, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, I'd say you, your risk is obviously the trip in, right? Whether you're coming by plane or whether you're driving, stopping at the gas stations, grabbing hand pumps, interacting with people at whatever roadside restaurants you decide to stop at on the way. That The point you get into the Disney bubble, I would almost challenge to say is probably safer than anywhere else in America right now. They are They're going to the nth degree. I mean, literally, when you sit down and eat – you can watch, turn over your shoulder as you go to walk out. You can watch somebody's immediately bussing that table and squirting it down with sanitizer. It's visible. They're cleaning ride vehicles all over the place. They don't try and hide it. Um, they've got they've got huge like pesticide pumps with wands full of sanitizer. And I've witnessed multiple times them squirting down like Space Mountain. They'll go, they'll shut one half of Space Mountain down, and then they will squirt all of those vehicles down and then send them through to air them out. Same thing with uh, uh, Expedition Everest. Squirt down the cars, send them around empty to air them out, and then load them the next time around. So they're taking every bit of aspect of degree. We ate at uh, Backlot Express. We weren't out of the seat at the gar. We hadn't even touched the garbage can to throw our stuff away, and the guy was spray <laughs> spraying down the table and cleaning it like we weren't coming back. Yeah. I mean, that's just how diligent they are. These guys are on it. So if there is concern, you know, like we said, it ain't Disney's problem. It's it's, it's going to be outside the bubble. Right, Sanitizers and- everywhere, no problem. Hand washing stations, even even outside the bathrooms, there are portable hand washing stations within the parks. They've done everything. So you've been there a week each. Um, what is your reaction to having been in a mask all day for a week, uh, and your sense of of how other guests are handling it? Um. I have to say that I purposefully, I'm a, I'm a teacher and I taught at a summer program um, for three weeks before I came here. Um, and I made sure I could teach in a mask all day before I did this. 
um, the mess does not bother me at all. The hardest part is figuring out um, how not to get your glasses to fog up if you wear glasses. Um, I have found a product that works. Um, I'm not necessarily into product endorsement, but if anybody wants to know what it is, I'll talk about it later if you want, because um, I don't have any stock in this company. Um, but I will say that I, I tend to favor um, masks that have some sort of clasp that you can kind of pinch onto your nose. And after five days, my nose is a little sore on the bridge, um, especially where my glasses rest on the mask where it kind of rubs all day. Um, and so uh, that's fine. I would say that 98 to 99% of the guests are compliant with wearing their masks. Um, and the safety team will tell them very quickly. And actually, there are other people that I've seen other uh, cast members say things as well um, to people that have not had their mask on properly. There are a lot of people trying to sneak their noses out of masks. Um, they think that their children don't have to wear masks. And when I say a lot, I don't really mean a lot. Um, I've seen a few. Um, and cast members have been very quick to say, please put your face covering on. Um, if somebody's walking and eating or drinking, that's against the rules now. Um, they will say, please step over to the side if you're going to do that. Uh, you know, and it's always first day. <laughs> that's <laughs> important know, um, to know. So it's been really, really nice. Um, most, really almost every single person's wearing their mask and doing it properly. And in wearing a mask, um, it, it's, you know, it, it was 95 degrees yesterday and today. And I was no sweatier in my mask than I am in, in July uh, when I'm down here with that one. Yeah, I, I, there's a whole conversation to be had on mask in general, right? So we, we know there are different levels, right? Disney has put a kibosh on the whole neck gator things, the whole pullovers. Those are just not allowed. Um, there are masks that have sliders on the bands that allow you to adjust the tension um, if you can find some of those, those are definitely handy to have. And like Jay mentioned, if you can find one that's got a wire in the bridge, those are handy. Um, I ordered some just because they were Disney masks, and they happen to come from Japan, but they have filters that slide on the inside. That added filter, as safe as it may be, is definitely more material and, and harder for me to breathe through, especially when you're walking at a pace trying to make an ADR or trying to get into a line or moving to the back of the parks. I've been having a struggle with it. Uh, but I noticed other people have got some of these store-bought, um, just, you know, those temporary masks and stuff like that. A thinner one-layer material passes muster, but probably a lot easier to, to breathe in than what I have on. Um, as far as utilization of the mask, yes, Disney wants you to be stationary and off to the side if you're going to remove your mask. Now, here's where people have been going wrong, and this is why the mask police get onto you, is they've been dropping them below their faces and walking them and drinking with them. If you will be so kind as to stop for a moment off to the side, whatever it may be, you can drop your mask because, again, you're stationary. Take a drink, take a bite, eat, whatever it is. Just be off the beaten path, out of the way. If you're walking and drinking, you can get away with it only if in the aspect you lift up to take a swig, drop the mask back down, and keep going, but there are people blatantly removing it off of one ear, and those are the people that are getting you know called out. Disney's been very flexible. I've taken my mask off all over the parks and not got yelled at once, but it's all about that whole social distancing, being off the beaten path. Don't do it right in the middle of the walkway, and don't blatantly walk around with your mask off. That's the key. Um, 
Right. If you need to, if you need the opportunity to have your mask off for a little bit, there are places to do it. There's, you know, you can go there off are. to the side, be six feet away from everybody, um, you know, not, not facing into the crowd so that whatever, you know, <laughs> I, I hate to put it this way, but, I, you know, we talk about it so much. I, I kind of, you know, can't, I, I imagine it in my head now. Whenever I'm talking to other people, you know, the, the viral cloud <laughs> that's coming out of right. you, right, at right. least is going, you know, away from where the people are. And if you so struggle with a mask, there are relaxation stations in every single park, maybe even two. Like Disney, when you come up Main Street, you go turn right to the Tomorrowland Terrace. There are social distance tables and what they're considering a relaxation station where you can sit down and take your mask off and relax. Nice. Get some time without it on and then put it back on and go about your day. Right. So there are relaxation stations like that in every single park. But I was going to say, and, if you're, and, if you're like trying to, to catch an ADR or catch, you know, whatever it is you're trying to catch with the crowd levels, the way they are, it really is no big deal to just pull off to the side. If you want to take your mask off, finish your turkey leg, your drink, whatever it is, it's not a big deal. You're not going to. Uh, risk not being able to do something just because you want to finish your drink or whatever, right? Right. But but yeah, don't do yeah, it in well, the middle of the path. That's key. Yeah, and and I will say that this is the most relaxed Disney trip I've ever really had. Like, I am not in a hurry to get anywhere. Um, yeah, you know, and it's because there's no wait for anything. That's you you know, usually usually I'm ping ponging everywhere. You know, looking on the app for my next fast pass, blah, 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 blah. I'm not doing any of that. Like, literally, we saunter through the park and say, what do you want to do next? And it's fantastic. You know, so, yeah, if, if you're having trouble um, with your mask, you know, right now, it's okay to go slow. You know, nobody's nobody's going to be yeah. mad at you because if they beat you to the ride, you're going to see them at the end at the, almost the exact same time. <laughs> right? <laughs> nobody on it. Right? All right. Um, so uh, I guess that brings us back to, uh, around to where, where I kind of started and then drew, dragged us off point. Um, any, Joe had some good advice for, for folks and, and so did Jay in terms of, of some mask choices, things like that. A any other last bits of advice you'd give to somebody who is, you know, considering a trip? Uh, during this time frame and just is, is unsure of what the experience is like. And, and as I've heard people say it, you know, whether it's worth their money, given that they can't, you know, hug characters and see uh, the fire breathing dragon at the parade. Yeah. I think um, if, if you are looking for a magical first trip or uh, something like that for a family member or a, a friend or something, this is not the time to go. I will say right now that Epcot is, um, is the least magical I've ever seen it. And, and I need you to know, I love Epcot. It's, it's, it's one of our, if, if not our favorite part, probably behind magic kingdom. Um, but right now you can't even walk where the fountain and the electric umbrella and all that was, you are certain you are going around the middle of the park all day. Um, so it doesn't have a very magical feel to it when you when you enter or anything else. Um, if if you are looking for character dining, any of those kinds of things that would be magical for small children or for somebody in your family that that's important, this is not the time to go. If you are looking for a relaxed ability to be on and off most of the attractions um, fairly quickly, that's great. If you are looking for a lot of 
um, Disney's famous entertainment. Again, you know, like I love the voices of Liberty. They're not singing right now. If you are looking for, um, you, you know, a, a, you know, um, the Dapper Dance or anything, they're not, they're not there. You, you know, so you're not going to get a lot of that extra magic. So you need to consider what kind of vacation you're looking for. Um, but I will say that we have had like a phenomenal five days that we've been here so far. Beautiful. You want to add, yeah, I'll Joe? say there's probably a good bit of Disney entertainment, but it's going to be Disney entertainment that people who are seasoned veterans would recognize. So, for example, you know, Disney's very good about keeping people in their area, like no magic out of place. And I'll say the exception to that rule right now is Mariachi Cobra. Um, you know where the Mexico Pavilion is and you know where the American Pavilion is in the huge uh, stage. They've actually moved Mariachi Cobra over to that stage so that people can social distance and sit down and listen to them play. They're the band that's occupying that stage right now. Oh, but nice. it's just very weird if you've been seasoned yeah. like us to to set an American uh, pavilion, knowing that that band belongs halfway around World Showcase. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. so things like that. Um, another thing that I noticed that we ran into the other day at Hollywood Studios, which is, you know, again, they tell you there's no fast passes going on. But I'll tell you, I was in a fast pass line and the guy asked me if I had a return time. I'm like, what return time? I don't know nothing about it. And he's like, if you don't have a return time, this is the wrong line. You need to be in the standby line. So there was some level of fast pass going on specifically for making Minnie's Runaway uh, Railway. So in, there are times when you're in line in the standby line because that's where 90% of all the queues are is in the standby line. You'll see people get let into the fast pass line and they will go past you and go up front. And, you know, it's not always people with wheelchairs. Yeah. I was going to say, I do know that the disability access um, has been through a lot of the fast pass lines recently. Um, And I do know that the, uh, the cast member uh, blackout was lifted this week. And I think there have been some cast members going through, I could be, I could be wrong because I've yet to, you know, hear a conversation that says that that's the case. But um, there is the ability in some way, some people or something has, yes, a return time, a fast pass or something going on. Because every once in a while you see somebody going up that, that other lane that nobody else, nobody else is getting to use. And not a single person questions um, when, they, when they get up there who they are, what's right. going on. But honestly, it doesn't impact my, my time at all. You know, so well, and, it doesn't you really know, bother me. When you're waiting just, no more than 20 minutes, okay. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and Disney is still using the um, uh, the the. I always I want to use the old term for it, and it's going to confuse people. The the it's not the guest assistance card anymore. It's the um, disability access. Yes, the there we go. The disability yeah. access pass. Those are they're still yeah. using those, um, <laughs> and it's it's a little trickier. Since there's no um, fast passes, but they, it, it, it's essentially the same system, right? Because the way those worked in their most recent incarnation, anyway, is that the return time you got on your uh, on your disability um, access pass or whatever <laughs> whatever they yeah. call yeah. it, what your your return time was based on you know the posted return time minus ten minutes, I think, if I remember right. So. Um, you know, it's 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 not any different. It's just that, frankly, those those times are pretty low anyway. And so, for a lot of folks that for whom that was an important accommodation, 
it's just not necessary. I mean, if the posted wait time is 20 minutes and you get a return time of, you know, 10 minutes less than that, once you factor in the amount of time you had to take to go give your card to the cast member to assign you the time, <laughs> you've right. used up any benefit you right. had anyway. I agree 100%. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say that the guest experience team is still within the parks. There's far less of them, but they are spread out. And there's a couple places there are guest experience team members to kind of help answer questions, get you some things solved if, if you're having, you know, challenges. They're still there to help, but there's just so many less of them. They used to be on every corner, it felt like. Um, right. So far less staff going right now. Brave and on. then we begin to echo. <laughs> no, he's out. He, he, that man has been on a world tour over Niagara. He's been in Dallas. He's been in the California oh, wow. trees, in the Redwoods. I've been following him. It's been an amazing adventure. <laughs> um, but to echo what Jay said earlier, is like now is not the time. If, if you're not a seasoned Disney veteran, now's not the time. You're, there's going to be so much less of an experience that you've read about online or a friend of you has told about and has got you excited about, it isn't going to be there. It's going to be somebody like myself, you know, like Jay, like, like some people who've come almost every year or who have come a lot and know where everything is and are not going to miss it because it's not the first time they've had it or the lot, the, the time that they oh, haven't had it in many, many years. Yep. Right. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Well said. Yeah. I saw, I saw a woman, she wasn't really losing it on a cast member, but she was clearly distraught when she came out of um, Nemo and Friends in the Sea and Turtle Talk wasn't happening. You know, and she kept saying to the cast member, well, why isn't it? <laughs> you know, and the <laughs> cast member's like, because Disney decided that it's not safe or whatever, you know, whatever the, the line was. And the woman kind of wasn't having any of it, you know. She's like, well, my kid wants to see Turtle Talk. Well, your kid doesn't get to. You know, right. you, know. you didn't so, do your homework. <laughs> exactly. That's kind of what I wanted to say. So, yeah. But yeah, I mean, again, the, the whole the whole theater type seating, these closed spaces where everybody's you know packed into these rooms. Just know that most of that stuff is not happening right now. It's, it's got to be something that's capable of social distancing, staggering, and quick movement. I, I I do want to say one other thing too, and that's if if you are considering a resort stay and not going to the parks. The resorts are are pretty busy, actually. Like, there's a lot more people in the pools, on the pool decks, um, and anything else than than you might think would be down here. Um, so, so, I think a lot of people have chosen to come down here because they know Disney is safe. Um, but if you think you're going to come down to a you know 90% empty hotel and swim all day, etc. I mean, when I went by the Poly Pool earlier today, it was. Yeah, you know, it was acceptably socially oh, yeah, distanced because they're doing, yeah. they're they're doing it right, but it yeah. was packed. Um, you don't have the, to wear a mask to swim, and that's part of it. Yeah, um, and the same thing was true when I was um, by the contemporary pool earlier, the one here at Bay Lake, um, and you, you know, and it, it, you just consider the fact that if you're looking for a resort only stay. The resorts are busy, you know. When I talked to the guys and, and the young lady out at uh, Geyser Point last night, they said their days are super busy. The pool bar is still very busy. People are swimming. People are at the resorts. The resorts are doing fine. It's just inside the parks where it's fairly um, empty. So, again, advice I have is if you're thinking about a resort-only trip, also consider that it's, you know, it's not as 
um, shall we say, empty as we're talking about the parks happen to be. Yes. That's good information to know. At least from a poly perspective, I can say that the rooms are spread out enough that you're not, you know, occupying the halls together a lot. Whereas we walk between the buildings, like we go back to the to the to the main carriage house and stuff. Um, you know, there's always foot traffic, people coming and going mm-hmm. from the pools or coming and going from Captain Cook's and whatnot. But once you get in the building, it's not as packed. I mean, people are spread out in all the buildings and it's it, they've done a really good job. Uh, unfair advantage that Aaron and I actually are on the second floor right by the door. So we don't have to walk down the hall past anybody. But it's definitely been l- less occupied in the hallways of these buildings. And, and, and it almost looks empty. I, I would I would agree with that. Um, I think we're spread out pretty well on uh, on the floors of Bay Lake Tower as well. Um, but when you get down to the common areas of the hotels, you will see people, and you will see more people than you may have expected when you first thought about. Oh gosh, Disney may not be busy. You know. Well, and wow. and some of that too is the flip side of the fact that there's there's not a lot going on in the evening, right? The parks are all closing a little earlier. There's no you know, incentive to push to the last minute that they're open because there's not a fireworks show at the end. And so, you know, people are going to end up in, in, I, I suspect are going to end up in, you know, resort gift shops and, and things like that in a greater proportion than they might under other circumstances. Uh, absolutely. Especially- and I think, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say, especially if you've got kids, right? Kids wearing those masks all day are getting overheated. They're getting hot. And that's the only thing they're thinking of is that if I go get in the pool, I don't have to wear a mask. And there's a lot of families that are wanting to go back midday, you know, early evening after they've had their day in the parks to go hit the pools and swim. So back to that whole, that's why that's more capacity wise is that's what the kids want to do because they know they can take their mask off. Yeah. And, and to be fair, Disney is doing their best to, I mean, I'm not going to say that they don't let you go to other resorts because I went over to Wilderness Lodge last night, right? But like the resort monorail loop shuts down at eight o'clock. You know, Magic yeah. Kingdom closes at seven. Resort monorail loop closes at eight. They shut down wow. the express monorail between Ticket and Transportation Center and Magic Kingdom at seven o two today, right? Yeah. So I mean, like, I mean, if you are somewhere else and that gets shut down, you're going to have to find your own transport back. So a lot of people are at their resorts for the evening. Once that that time hits, whatever those parks closing park closing times are, or that monorail loop shuts down, yeah. or at least that's what I'm noticing too. So we we caught a friendship boat the other night because we had the uh, six thirty dinner at uh, be our guest for my birthday, and the park closed at seven. So be our guest is not a thirty minute dinner. <laughs> yeah. So we were in the parks well after close, and by the time we walked out, it was almost eight o'clock. I was taking plenty of photos of a completely empty park, and when we got up to the front. You're right. The monorail was down. It was done. I just happened to catch the last friendship boat across the lake because once they got on this side, locked it and docked it and told the guys, you know, we're done for the night. You're now stuck with Uber. Well, now, my my understanding is, and and it may be different because of the current circumstance, but um, I, I have heard in the past that in that situation, there is a, um, a, a, there are cast members whose job it is, right, to do the the last sweep of the transportation pickup areas, um, and they come around in a van, and it's like, okay, there's no more buses coming. <laughs> if you yeah. need to get somewhere, where do you need to go? Um, and and yeah. they do take people for that last run. 
the buses too are, are limited, right? So they're sure. only doing the resorts that are right. open. So yep. when you get out of the parks and you remember you used to hit the bus board, figure out which bus you were in. There's only like six resorts on the board now. They're all closed, so you don't have to yeah. worry about buses. The other thing they're not doing is any park-to-park transportation. you got to go all the way back to resort to catch a different bus to go somewhere else. Well, and even the even the buses have dividers now. In between they so do. many seats, they've got you know dividers. So there's the the social distancing without you know well at least the the divider that that helps with that. And you can't stand up on the buses either. No, they've strapped up and zip tied every single one of the straps. They're out of the way. Um, like you said, there are dividers doing you know seats of two, seats of threes. Um, if there's more than that, then they'll put you side by side, you know, across from each other. In the same section, they're ones, twos, threes, and then as you go towards the back of the bus, they're numbered and divided back there too. So they've really done a good job at that part. And um, the Skyliner's back up and running now. It is. And, and, and of course, it, that's easy they, to social distance, right? right? Your yeah. party's the only yes. ones on. <laughs> yeah, they've guaranteed your party is by itself in, in your own gondola. Yeah. But will they like put gondolas between you and the next party, or is it not necess- necessary, really, in your opinion? I don't think it's necessary. I mean, how many people are in line and coming in? They did yeah. to us. I mean, they, they they let one gondola go, and then they put us in the next one. But that could have just been the time we walked up the ramp, you know. Right. Well, and, and no the, the thing is that the, clearly part of the answer is that the attendance, you know, the, the crowd level is such that they can basically right. allow cars to go empty every so often to air out a little bit, you know, without it being uh, much of an impact on guest experience. Yeah. Again, they, they've taken taken it to the nth degree from every bit of that piece. You, you know, you, ride vehicles when we were getting off of uh, the teacups. Like I said, somebody came in right behind us and was squirting down all of the silver disc in the center of the teacups and wiping them down just as fast as they could to get ready for the next group. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they're very yeah. clean in every aspect. So, question for you. So, you 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 both have mentioned that you feel safer there than you do in most places in America these days. But let me ask you this: um, Given what you've seen in terms of capacity, how many more people do you think they could let into the parks and facilities than they are right now, or do you think it's appropriate right now? What are your thoughts, Joe? I'd say Disney's probably at half where they could be. There, there are moments where I'm I, – I, today even, before we left and go – we went to Skipper's Canteen for dinner today at 545. Saw we were that. coming through um, uh, Frontierland, and I took a photo. It was like 5 o'clock. Took a photo, and there was like three people in the street, like a whole empty land. It was just amazing. You know, I, I think Disney could probably increase capacity a good another maybe 25% to 50% of what was there today and still do enough social distancing, still get enough people on the rides, you know, I think, yeah, yeah, I I agree with that, Joe. Uh, Absolutely. I I would bet that, and I don't know what number of people they have in there on a daily basis right now or what, what their capacity is. But if you were to double the number of people that are in the park, I still don't think it would be crowded or even noticeable. I mean, I mean, I really don't. I took so many pictures that I've been sending to Willie across the last few days of, it, like you said, empty lands, empty streets, empty countries, and you know, in, you know, empty boulevards. Um, it, it's it's bizarre. Bizarre. If I, if I had to guess, the single biggest thing limiting their 
expanding the number of people they bring in isn't the park capacity. I, I, my bet is that it's it's getting everybody fed um, and figuring out how to do that because that's the place where you end up with people congregating and it's difficult to manage, you know, it's that combination, right? It's the coming and going and you have to have that central place where everybody picks up their food. And, you know, there's only so much you can continue to add to that one location before you have a congestion problem. And that's embarrassing to talk about, but restrooms too, same thing. There's only so many people you can deal with in restrooms and in eating places. Yeah. Yeah, I'll say add just another negative to the whole conversation about what Disney's got going on right now. Not to not to bash them because they're doing a great job, but we walked into uh, Muppet Vision 3D the other day when we were in Hollywood Studios, and I wasn't trying to be a jerk, but you know I noticed they were all standing in front of the building there. There were nine cast members standing in front of Muppet Vision 3D, and I literally counted them out with my finger, and it's like wow. And they all took it as, you know, they all should be singing me happy birthday. So I didn't say nothing. I just enjoyed the moment. But it was just it was just odd to me that there was that kind of staffing inconsistency. I noticed that some of the rides and stuff that are shut down have often two cast members standing there to tell people the ride's closed. When there's a sign hanging there, the rope is across. It's clearly closed. But they've got two cast members standing there to tell people that that's closed as well, too. So it seems like there's... There's there's some imbalance in how they're using the cast throughout the day that I think they could do a little bit better at. Yeah, some of that may just be conscious choice in terms of of wanting to get people hours because they you know they went so long without hours and they have at least tacitly you know made assurances to people about being able to get full time hours here for a while. Um, that that you know they may completely understand that they're, <laughs> that they're overstaffed yeah, yeah. in some areas that, at times. And it, and it seems like you can never have too many people watching to make sure the masks stay on. Right. So it could be that too. Yeah. But it was, it's, it's been a fun experience. It's been an amazing experience and I'm glad I took the opportunity to come check it out and be a part of it. Um, like I said, I don't, I don't imagine in my whole lifetime, it would ever look like this. I'd ever have to, I'd ever had the opportunity to experience Disney like this. It's been great. That's what we said when we first talked about reopening. I said, nobody has ever experienced Walt Disney World like this because the only times in its history, the crowds have been this, you know, anything close to this small, there weren't four parks. Right. Right. Yeah. (laughs) The, the closest that, um, that 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 I have is I have I have a good friend at home who's who back in her college days was very good friends with Cinderella. Um, she uh, she she um she said it's you know her favorite very, cast member was Cinderella. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yes. She uh, she she likens it to um, the days after September 11th. She said this is the closest. Like this this moment in time when, right. when when she's seeing pictures, that's what it looked like the first few days after um, when in they my, reopened. In my industry, there was a conference that was going on at Disney World when 9-11 happened. And there were a ton of my friends that were stuck down there that had to find yeah. their way out of Orlando uh, after 9-11. So, yeah, I, I feel you, man. I, I totally understand yeah. what you're going, where you're coming from there. Yeah. 
All right. Well, guys, thanks so much for coming on and and taking time out of your vacations to tell us about the experience. Uh, I know people have been uh, sort of, you know, on pins and needles waiting to hear. It's one thing to sort of, you know, watch the the YouTubers and the, the vloggers, um, you know, give you their sort of singular you know, one one walk down the road, whatever perspective. It's another to kind of get a, a bigger perspective on on day to day for there. you know several days. So, uh, thanks so much for coming on and, and filling in those gaps. I, I think it, it thing, uh, helps give people you know a better idea of what the experience is going to be like for a while. Uh, until next time, I've been your host Aaron Rittmaster with my co-host Tim Hicks. I know we all uh, join together in wishing you a big happy birthday, Joe. Have a good night, and we'll see you real soon. And our intrepid guest host, uh, Jay Crocker. Thanks again for having me, guys. It's always a pleasure. And the birthday boy himself, Joe Masters. Thanks, guys. It's been a pleasure to be on the podcast and talk to you guys and uh, the dad show again. Uh, Lower your expectations if you're coming down here. I got to keep on I don't play that thing.